podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, living the stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? Uh, well, it is an, an important day. Uh, obviously, uh, it is time to set waivers for Week Nine, which is a critical <laughs> week, and it, it, I'm, you know, I'm a bundle of nerves over it. Honestly, it is a huge day. You could have gone a lot of different directions there. You could have gone uh, NFL trade deadline. Um, obviously, Denny's referring to the election. We're, we're recording this prior to any results that we get tonight. So we're not going to be focused. I mean, we don't need to talk about the the results or what's going to happen or any of that stuff. Process uh, over results is what I would say. You know? All right, right. Uh, but what we do want to open up with today. So I, I do the retirement bit all mm-hmm. the time on Twitter. I think Denny used to do it back in the day a lot too. Yeah, we did. Uh, yes. I think we yeah. did it together. Yes. Right, right. So I, I've just sort of kept on it in the last couple of years. Last season, probably more so it started, but then this season I'm doing it all the time. And, and to me, so what I do is I'll go to Twitter and if someone's not performing, I will say so-and-so retired, but I'll frame it in a different way every time. Like last night uh, when Mike Evans wasn't doing much, uh, I tweeted that uh, Mike Evans set an NFL record for retiring for the fourth time this season or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which was, you know, a playoff of the fact that Mike Evans seems to disappear sometimes. Right. It's right? a, it's a variation. You have variations on the retirement yeah. tweet, which I, which I, I appreciate. I think many, many people appreciate, but apparently one person does not. One person does not. So every single time I send the retirement tweets last night, the Mike Evans one got like 1500 favorites, right? Like, People were into it. Man, right? I hate you. 1,500 favorites. My God. P- people were into the Mike Evans tweet. But, you know, with the good comes the bad. So <clears throat> with anything that I do on, on Twitter in, in particular, I have to make sure and think about whether, you know, it's it's for the greater good and if it's a worthwhile thing to do while weighing the, the bad and the, the negative side to it. And the negative side to the retirement tweets is, is there's two things. One is that people will respond and say that I'm I'm beating a dead horse and the shtick is stupid and mm-hmm. I'm not funny, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm not very funny. And then, <laughs> and then the the other piece to this, the number two piece, is that after that player. So the reason I do the retirement tweets is because I'm I'm trying to reverse jinx these people, right? Right. And it's so fun when it and it when it works. Which the I'm telling you what the hit rate is a lot better than people probably realize. I when when I see the retirement tweet, I immediately look for that player to do something positive. I mean, it's right, to that right. point, you know? And so Mike Evans, <clears throat> last night, he scores a touchdown. He, he went like five for 55 and a touchdown in, in a relatively de- a difficult matchup because I don't think that they played him that much in the slot so that he faced a decent amount of James Bradbury, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really dug into it in detail. But regardless, so uh, when, when I send these tweets out, I'm doing it so that I'm reverse jinxing. But the problem is... Uh, people will then search for this tweet who don't follow me because they're just searching like Mike Evans on Twitter. And you get people who then respond to my tweet not understanding the bit and they think that I'm a moron, right? So I woke up this morning to 
probably 20 to 30 tweets from people Jeez. like making fun of me and saying like you're an idiot and, and like you know just like jabbing back mm -hmm. as if i like personally attacked their parents or something right uh whenever I, all i did was say something negative about mike evans and then yeah. there's people who you know like people just find I, I understand that there's a lot of anxiety right now across the country i get it uh but people just really really find ways to get angry about something oh, yeah so so i'm i'm now sort of weighing you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? That's for a different discussion. But last night, uh, when I sent the Mike Evans tweet, I had someone respond and be like, like, this is getting out of hand. Quit sending these tweets. They're stupid. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you can just unfollow me, dude. Or just like, right. just scroll past it. Like who cares? Right. And so, you know, him and I maybe send two tweets back and forth. And then I was like, Oh, I'm just going to mute this guy. And so this other person responds and he tells me that, He's listened to every late round podcast, but because of these retirement tweets, <laughs> he's he's unsubscribing from the late round podcast, I which, mean, which I mean, sucks, right? It's not, yeah. I, I don't want to lose listeners to the podcast, let alone lose listeners to the retire because of the retirement tweets. But the crazy thing is, so I quote tweet him and I was like, people get angry. And my, my quote tweet was something like, like people get angry or upset at seriously the most random stuff, mm -hmm. just, oh. just the most random yeah. stuff imaginable. Right. And so I, I quote tweeted that he then deleted the tweet. I didn't screenshot, which I should have. Uh, I didn't screenshot the quote tweet, but he deleted the tweet. And then later, you know, whenever someone like deletes a tweet or like mm -hmm. something's funky going on, something funky is going on with Twitter. I, I go and I click the profile to see if like the tweet is still up and maybe they blocked me or something or like they, you know, something happened maybe. Uh, and so with this, I went and I clicked his profile and it didn't exist. He deleted his account. He's gone. You drove him off of social media with your, your bit. Uh, congratulations. I, I actually <laughs> am jealous of this, of this power just, of yours. I, I can't look, look, I, I do feel guilty sometimes when people on Twitter say things and then I quote tweet like poking fun at them. Like they say something super outlandish and I quote tweet them because when I quote tweet them, I'm doing it because I want everyone to see how ridiculous the statement is that this sure, person's making. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise if I just respond, people aren't going to see it as much. And so I quote tweet because of that, but then there's sometimes where I, I do feel very, very, I'd say like 80% of the time I feel guilty doing that uh, because I'm not, I, I don't know. You know how I am. I'm just very, very like non-confrontational. Yeah. 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 I don't want to like, I don't want someone to be like driven nuts because of a quote tweet that I sent. So like, I hope that this person, if you're somehow listening to this podcast or no, if you, hear, not. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that everything is okay. And that my quote tweet isn't what drove you so insane. You know, if you, if you deleted your account, it was a whatever account. And it was because of the quote tweet. I'm sorry for that. But I'm just, I'm sorry if there's something bigger going on here too. Right. This person could be having major, I, I almost hope that the person is because if that, if this is what drove this person off of social media, that you, that he was driven insane by your uh, harmless little bits about players retiring as a reverse jinx on their fantasy production. I, I, I don't, I don't know really what to say. I, there's a, there's a viral tweet from that from that uh, account Wint, like W I N D T. Have you seen that? It's like a yeah, famous yeah. like parody thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that that talks about, and I, I don't have time to look for it right now, but it talks about like finding new ways to get mad online, like yeah, like to 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 get mad at like a certain group of people or a certain 
type of tweet or whatever. And that, and that's what that's what is people who like like truly want to get mad. All right, so we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty, as they call it. I think that we're okay now, though, I hope. I, I've been having internet issues. There was a storm here last week. That hurricane sort of swooped through. Mm-hmm. We've had, like, we had... Our, our power was out, Denny. Really? From, from, yeah, last week from, like, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. What? How did you survive? Did you turn to cannibalism? It was, it was a nightmare. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Our internet on our phone wasn't working. Wow. So it wasn't just that, you know, I couldn't just like plug in and have a personal hotspot with my phone. It was, it was all bad. Like I, I couldn't, I just could not connect right. to the internet. So you know what it's like to be on the Oregon trail then. Right. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. We, uh, we, we forged some rivers. <laughs> yes. I got, I got cholera. I got bit by a snake. That's right. You know, what else was there that, that happened in that? that? That's what happens when you lose power for any amount of time. That's that's my experience anyway. Right. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to, to the streamers this week. Last week, Denny, I got to say, we probably had the worst streaming week of our life. I mean, the injuries, you know. I, but I, I'm telling you, I, I genuinely think that week eight, 2020, was the work, worst streaming week that we've ever had. <sighs> that's, yeah. You're probably right. Our, our defenses combined for minus one point. Oh, dear God. We had t- we had Tennessee and Green Bay, which, by the way, Tennessee in a game with a lot of wind, too, or at least some wind. It wasn't as bad as like Cleveland and Oakland or in Las Vegas. Uh, but but Tennessee minus one against Cincinnati. Yeah. Green Green Bay just gets run all over mm. from Dalvin Cook. I mean, my goodness. So a uh, combined negative one quarterback. We had Jimmy G who got hurt, but he had two points. One point seven, six points. Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. He has 12 points. Derek Carr, who's playing in a in a, in a windstorm. windstorm. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. He had 12.6 points. Oh, uh, Kirk Cousins, who saw all of his all of the touchdowns for Minnesota go to freaking Dalvin Cook, he has 10.4 points. And then Baker Mayfield, also in that windstorm, 7.8 points. So here's the thing. I would say that if any of you were paying attention to or like you know watch my live stream on Sunday morning right you you likely weren't playing Baker or Derek Carr you know there was a, a, a someone actually asked me on the show mm-hmm. if they should play Philip Rivers or Derek Carr I told him to play Philip Rivers yeah so so that's sort of where our brains were at there i think that the the, the main play last week was obviously Jimmy G but also Teddy against Atlanta um and, and Teddy getting hurt was unfortunate but he also didn't play very well uh so it was just a bad week i mean he only had 12 fantasy points so it was just a not a great week overall. At tight end, we had Harrison Bryant, who fumbled a ball, but he had three and a half points. Uh, Gerald Everett had 8.2, and Irv Smith had 2.6. We It was a horrific week. Well, I mean, like yeah. like like horror movie type week. Maybe it was, it was yeah. fitting for, for it being right after Halloween. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the problem with all of that was that the Packers let the Vikings establish, and they just wrecked everything, right? I mean, yes, yeah. they, so that, that wrecks the Packers – defense as a play that wrecks uh, uh cousins it, it it ends any you know possibility that irv smith is going to be running routes and getting targets uh yeah. so that you know that unforeseen game script completely blew up our our world this week yeah but we're on to week nine i'll kick things off this week denny <laughs> okay um i'm gonna go with the houston texans as a streaming defense because they're facing a, a person named jake luton luton yes uh maybe he's good 
You know, we they they hit a, a gem, a gem of a player in, in Gardner Minshew late last year. Um, you know, I, I say, I mean, obviously he's he's being bench slash. I I don't really know what's going on with Gardner Minshew. Does anyone really know? Like, I I know that he had like ligament issues in his hand. Yeah, I, I mean, as the Roto World blurb said the other day, uh, he's a, he's a scapegoat for their struggles. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But I would say, you know, Gardner Minshew, a nice hit given his draft cap. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so Jake Luton, maybe he's good. I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to say that I sit, sat here and watched hours and hours of Jake Luton in college. Um, <laughs> then you're not doing your job. Listen, apparently not. JJ, apparently not. You, you are being outworked. I'll just tell you that. It's true. Well, that's very true. But I also my thing with quarterbacks, I don't have strong stances on them because I don't think I think that if you are a quarterback scout, you're it's like a 52 48 type proposition, right? Like like if I'm if a normal person's 50 50 on a guy like in terms of like hit rate, mm-hmm. like maybe you're a little bit better. I just don't see that the the difference in what you do being significant enough for me to like pour hours and hours into seeing if this guy's good or not, whenever the quarterback position doesn't matter in fantasy football. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think people will spend way too much time evaluating court, but I guess maybe they're talking about super flex or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm just saying that I would much rather from a fantasy perspective and as a fantasy analyst, look at the other positions. That's, that's my main, my main point. Cause I only have so much time in a day. So anyway, Houston's facing Jake Luton. It's his first start. He's a sixth rounder. Uh, Houston's a six and a half point favorite according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, and Jacksonville with Minshew, they've been one of the worst teams at, at protecting the quarterback in terms of pressure rate allowed. So I think all of this combined, six and a half point favorite, like I said, Houston should be in a positive game script defensively. I think process says that this is a very good play. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they probably are the top streamer this week. Uh, I have the Cardinals. Cardinals defense at home against the Dolphins. The Cardinals are four-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, so Tua, whose last name I'm still working on, maybe I can try it next week, uh, was pretty bad in his debut against the Rams. He completed 12 of 22 passes for 93 yards and a touchdown. He had the week's fourth-worst adjusted completion percentage that accounts for throwaways, drops, spikes, and the like. Uh, Arizona has allowed the seventh-lowest completion rate to quarterbacks this season, and the eighth lowest yards per pass attempt. The short of it is that this is a horrendous matchup for Tua and the Dolphins passing game. Uh, and the Cardinals defense is rostered in only 14% of leagues, somehow not in the LTS league, the listeners league. Somehow some just absolute animal rostered them uh, for, for this week, and I, I, I couldn't find them. But uh, I really like the Cardinals as like an, an upside play. I think the Dolphins are... Dolphins offense is, is going to be an issue for fantasy for sure. Yeah, here here's the thing. In the LTS league, uh, I know that people follow the rule of, you know, whenever the Monday night game happens, they're looking for defenses the following week that right. they can pick up. So this week, I think I might have picked up Washington in the in the league. Oh, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. But Washington was out there. Houston was out there. Arizona was out there because they were all on bye. So they were all able to be picked up, mm. you know, on, on Sunday night into Monday before the Monday night game and you can drop and on Yahoo default, uh, you can drop players who are on your bench that, you know, you didn't start. Um, by the way, the LTS listener league, did you see my team is surging right now? I, I did. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about my three and five team. 
Um, but what you're saying there with the defense thing, I, I just need to get sharp, like our listeners and like our our, our, our listeners our, are our sharp. Mates. They are. They are. They're they're annoyingly sharp. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, all right. The last defense. I, I might like this defense more than Houston, only because there is some volatility with Houston. Like, what if Luton is good? You know, and and we've seen weird <laughs> things in, in opening I know, starts. I know. But, like the thing is, we know Daniel Jones is bad, right? Like we like. He looked horrendous against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um. And now they're on a short week, uh, and they get the Washington football team coming off a bye. Uh, Washington's top 10 in the league in pressure rate. Daniel Jones, very turnover-friendly. Um, they've also been terrible uh, in terms of allowing pressures th- this year. So they're bad at allowing pressures, and Washington can can pressure the quarterback. There's a low 42.5-point over-under, and Washington's a favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it all adds up to... Maybe this is a really boring game. That's fine. But I think that we could see Washington with three or four sacks. Daniel Jones turns the ball over every freaking game. Yes. Um, I, I might I might go with Washington as my top defensive streamer, but I think that, that Houston's probably pretty close. I like it. I mean, anytime you can stream against Daniel Jones, especially with that pass rush that Washington has, um, he makes just continually hilarious bad, hilariously bad decisions when under pressure. I love that that I might that, – that I'm, I'm – pretty much or I'm saying I guess right now that I'm more confident right. in Jake Luton than Daniel Jones. Yeah, I I think that's what I'm hearing and who can blame you? Yeah, right. Right. All right, let's move on to quarterbacks. Right. You have yes. you have you have 3, don't you? I have I have 11 quarterbacks. We're going to start with Yeah, we're going to start every <laughs> we're going to talk about every quarterback in the NFL we're, this week. Can't go wrong. Yeah, we're moving the field goal posts here. Anybody rostered in uh, 90% of leagues or, or more <laughs> yeah. is, is now eligible for living the stream. Sorry if you don't like it. Uh, so Derek Carr, he's at the Chargers. Uh, the Raiders are a one-and-a-half-point road underdog here. Uh, their implied total bumped up, actually, from Monday. They're up to 25.75 points, which is among the highest for the week. Uh, when you adjust for strength of schedule, the Chargers now allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks behind only Atlanta and Seattle. This comes, of course, after they gave up a, a whole lot of points to Drew Locke, who might be terrible. Uh, 69%, nice, 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 of yards against the Chargers have come through the air. That's the 10th highest rate in the NFL. Uh, I, I just think the game environment here is really good. It has the week's second highest over-under as of right now, uh, and Carr is available in 60% of leagues. I am going to go to, I'll start with Kirk Cousins, who I think is probably the safest option this week. So there's a a high 52.5 point over under against Detroit. The Vikings are favorites, so their implied total is is pretty strong. Uh, Detroit is pretty average in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And then here's the thing, and I'm going to actually talk about this same sort of matchup uh, later with another quarterback, but uh, Cousins has thrown it deep at the highest rate in the NFL this year. Okay. Um yeah. and and they're they're run heavy, but he throws it deep when he does throw the ball. Detroit ranks tied for fourth in deep ball completions allowed mm. this season. So I do think that there's big play potential for Kirk Cousins in this matchup. Again, you're looking at the implied total, the high over under. Um, I don't I don't totally mind this game and what's kind of a crappy slate. Um, so I think Cousins is mm. is a decent play. That's a tasty nugget there, JJ. I I Thank enjoyed you. that. I wanted. All right, so we're back on Kyle Allen. And I know you know people might be you know vomiting all over themselves right now, but he plays the Giants, all right. And and Washington is a three point home favorite. Um, this is not. I talked about Carr, Derek Carr, and his great game environment. This is 
not a great game environment with a 41 point over under just horrific. Uh, but Allen scored 22.8 fantasy points a few weeks ago against these same giants. He threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns against the giants that day. Uh, so six out of eight quarterbacks to face the giants this year have cracked 20 fantasy points, including Mitch Trubisky and Nick Mullins. Um, the Giants are, I guess, have become something of a, a, a pass funnel defense. Nearly 72% of the yards gained against the Giants this year have come through the air. That's the seventh highest rate in the league. So I think Kyle Allen is either like a fringe starter in like a deep 12 or 14 team league, or, or he's like a pretty solid start in a super flex this week. Yeah, uh, I, I like this guy more. I, I like Drew Locke more than Kyle Allen this week um atlanta is the second best matchup in the nfl according to adjusted fantasy points allowed this game has a 50 point over under Uh, i think the the falcons are four point favorites um but again i'm going to go back to the same type of matchup talk that i talked about with kirk cousins drew lock is slinging it down the field maybe not accurately (laughs) you can't have it all you can't have it all right but he's slinging it uh he's second in deep ball passing in deep ball rate i should say Uh, behind Kirk Cousins and Atlanta has given up by far the most 15 plus air yard plays this this season Um, so I think that there we could see some some big plays from Drew Locke um, who's faced a relatively tough schedule to be fair Um, so I I think I think Locke is a a good deeper stream but I would still go with Cousins as the top streamer gotcha all right and this is this is just kind of a a throw in here I, I don't think either of us are very bullish on Teddy Bridgewater against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a bad uh, matchup for quarterbacks. And, and, and fun. Yeah, and passing games in general. But he's still, Bridgewater's still available in like half of leagues. So I just wanted to mention it. Panthers are 10 and a half point dogs right now. Uh, KC allows the fourth fewest schedule adjusted points per game. I don't even have a nevertheless here. It's just, this is, this is, uh, pretty ugly. The hope I think is that the negative game script provides a lot of dropbacks for, for Teddy um, you know, he's he's rushing a good amount. He has at least five rushing attempts in three of his past five games. So, you know, volume could be, you know, key here to, to some sort of a fantasy production for for Teddy. But I, I would I would say that, you know, Carr, Allen uh, and, and Cousins are, are much better plays at, at pretty much any streamer that we list this week. Probably a better play than, than Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, all right. Tight end, I'm going to go to Logan Thomas. This is just straightforward. He continues to see good peripherals. I know they didn't play last week. Uh, 19% target share the last time we saw this Washington offense. 17.2% target share on the season. That's fine. The Giants are not a great matchup, but I have in my notes, beggars can't be choosers with tight ends. <laughs> I, I sound like a 55-year-old like a, a dad. You're right. You, uh, you could do worse is what you're saying. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, and we are beggars. First and foremost on this show, we are beggars. Yes. Uh, Eric Ebron against the Cowboys. First of all, you know, pretty much just start all your Steelers this week. Um, yeah. Ebron, he's available in 55% of leagues. He has at least five targets in six of his past seven games. Again, you know, we're we're beggars. Um, <clears throat> he's averaging 28.5 pass routes per game, separating himself from Vance McDonald as the main pass catcher, the main pass catching tight end in that Pittsburgh offense. Uh, the Steelers have a 27.5 point implied total against Dallas, one of the highest of the week. Uh, Ebron, honestly, I mean, he's probably, let me know if you 
disagree here, but he's probably an every week starter in 12 team leagues, depending on your roster requirements. Uh, yeah. Only already. because, yeah. Cause the tight end position is just so bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Ross Dwelly slash Jordan Reed. Um, no George Kittle. He's, he's out for probably the season, right? Yeah, right. Like it's it's going to be eight weeks and I doubt San Francisco's in it slash, um, you know, they're, they're going to need to force him back. Yeah. Uh, he's at least out for like the fantasy season, but uh, no George Kittle, no Debo Samuel. So there's some opportunity for a tight end to step in. Jordan Reed might be healthy. So watch for that. Um, but if he doesn't go, Ross Dwelly could step in, be maybe usable. The matchup's not great against the Packers, um, but you're really looking at a scenario where there's not a lot of uh, alternatives in that San Francisco offense. Mm-hmm. Dwelly did step in last week uh, against Seattle and score a touchdown on four targets. Um, so, I, I, you know, this is a dart throw play. Right there, there's really not much I can say aside from the fact that there's not alternatives in this offense, and maybe they see a negative game script and they're throwing the ball a lot. And and we've seen tight ends be used in this Kyle Shanahan offense in in San Francisco. So that that's it. That, that's right. that's really it for Ross Dwelly and Jordan Reed. Well, if Jordan Reed plays, I mean Jordan Reed, we know is a, a fairly effective tight end. Though. Sure, he had a great couple game uh, run early this year, and yeah. he was a great streamer. And Dwelly is a throwback from last year. Yeah, twelve season. Yeah. Uh, mostly, you know, Kittle being out, uh, it just means Brandon Ayuk is a wide receiver one from here on out, probably. Yeah, apparently he's going to be peppered with like seventeen targets. Yeah, yes, that's uh, that's the tattoo that I have on my butt cheek now. Um, all right, uh, Jordan Akins. Okay, so listen, it's Akins' season finally. Okay, he's he's practicing in full. I know he had the ankle thing, he had the concussion thing. Darren Fells was starting every week, but Houston had its bye week. Akins is apparently healthy, ready to go. They take on the Jags. The Jags are kind of a weird tight end matchup. Uh, So Jacksonville has only allowed 30 tight end receptions this season. That's the 10th fewest in the league. Um, But they've given up seven touchdowns to tight ends along with the seventh most yards to the position. So basically just lots and lots of big plays, big touchdown plays uh, given up to tight ends by by the Jags. Uh, So with Aikens out in week five, Darren Fells, Actually went for 57 yards and a touchdown. I think we we mentioned him that that week as a yeah, um, as a yeah. deeper streamer uh, against these Jaguars. Uh, so Jacksonville, this is as close as I'm going to get really to a, a, a real film football take. The Jacksonville linebackers are some of the worst coverage linebackers in the league. Now this is per Pro Football Focus, of course, uh, but <clears throat> that has uh, definitely benefited tight ends against the Jags this year. Akins is now after missing so much time is now available in 98% of leagues. So I'd prefer Ebron. I might, I might go Akins over the, over the Niners guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So there, there you go. Jordan Akins. All right. So Ross Dwelly slash Jordan Reed, Jordan Akins, Eric Ebron, Logan Thomas, Kyle Allen, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Arizona, Washington, and Houston. Let's get to these questions from Twitter. We didn't get a lot of them this week. Well, I should say we got a decent number of them, but they were bad. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just kidding. I mean, look, they, they weren't like, you know, they, they weren't like we could sit here yeah. and talk about them for a long time. Some like a lot of times when we ask these questions uh, on Twitter, um, people will respond with like a one-liner and while it's creative and we appreciate it, it's sometimes hard to bring that up on the show then. Sure. So what, what, what you're saying is that your socks were not knocked off. By, That's right. By these yeah, I would yeah. say that Yeah, we, we should, we should continue to go with the, uh, the, the boomer phrasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Your, your socks are on. I gotcha. Yes. Uh, this first question is from at 
you can call me SRS. Who's more likely to retire before this week's episode finishes recording, late round QB or CD Carter 13? I was going to keep that on to talk about the retirement stuff on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but we talked about it at the beginning. <laughs> I'm, so I guess we don't need to talk about it again. Who, I mean, would you would you retire before me? Listen, uh, I mean, I'm older than you, uh, but in this economy, who True. can retire? Uh, you know, in True. this economy, it, it, that's a question I think we need to we need to ask. Yeah. Uh, next question at Nomad Soj. I understand if you are an ex-convict or a young adult voting for the first time, but if you are a grown-ass person. Why exactly do you feel the need to share a photo of you with an I voted sticker? Exclamation point question mark. If this isn't a form of participation trophy for adults, I don't know what is. All right. So in defense of these type of photos, which I've taken, and obviously, and that's why I'm going to defend them. I mean, it's if you're going to take pictures of yourself eating or drinking or doing mundane, mundane, everyday things like that, then you're going to take a picture of yourself voting for, you know, once every two or four years, like saying, Hey, like I'm participating in society. Look at me. And you know, social media is, is just that it's a look at me medium. Right. And, and so it's not, I mean, it shouldn't come as, as any surprise. I think you're being a curmudgeon is what I'm saying. Yeah. Look here, here's my take is that I I don't understand why people get so tilted over this. First off, I don't think it's a participation trophy at all. No, it's not. A participation trophy is something where there's a winner and a loser and the loser gets something for it. And I don't view an election as I win, you win type Mm -hmm. of scenario. I mean, I think that it's become that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. Right? But I don't think that that's the way that it should be, right? It shouldn't be like, like, people shouldn't be... People shouldn't be forced, not for, that's the wrong word. People should not feel the need to actually like be scared and, right. and be right. this anxious over an election, right? Oh no, it should not feel the, like the apocalypse, which it does. And so to me, you actually, what, what the, the I voted sticker almost does is bring some normalcy to this where you have people on both sides of the aisle who are saying, I participated, I did my, my duty as an American mm-hmm. citizen. And this is something that not every person on earth can do. No. And right. to me, it's not about bragging that you got a sticker. It's, it's, it's you're excited slash yeah. showing people that you're part of them and you're right. all doing the same thing. And that's important. It's like, yeah. It's like a big group activity. And, and also you're saying like, uh, like I give, I give a shit. Yeah. You know, like, There's nothing I, wrong like, with that. Yeah, like um, I and and for some people, and not not me. You know, I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, where there are no lines to vote anywhere. But in some parts of the country, as we've seen, people have to take off work, stand in line for hours. Uh, you know, navigate a bunch of of rules and regulations designed to make it just absolutely miserable to vote. So to come out of that experience and take a picture of yourself with your sticker and say, "Hey, I voted," you know, that can be cool. I mean, here, here's my take, and I'm not saying that this person who asked this question is on this side and like, you know, is part of this group, but I'll say this, the people who take the picture of with them in a sticker and in in with a sticker, they're far, far more tilting than the people who go on social media and complain about the people who take pictures with a sticker. 
<laughs> Man, I'm sorry. This listener is getting beat up. I feel no, like. look, look, I'm not even saying that this person is part of that group per se. It's just every single election, the the the, the tweet or the, the one liner that people say is, did you really vote if you didn't get a sticker? Oh, right. right like, right. just stop, people. Like, who cares? Why are you so upset over this? Why? <laughs> I've, I've never thought twice, honestly, about about someone posting a picture like that it's i guess maybe because it's just come to be expected on your on your timeline i don't know but you know like like sharing your experiences uh with your social media following and friends whatever is is commonplace and so when you do something as consequential as voting i would guess that most people would want would want to share that with with folks yeah look i mean look taking a picture of you in a sticker with a sticker i don't know why i can't like phrase this properly with or, or <laughs> in a sticker uh when you take a picture wearing a sticker or holding a sticker uh that's way less offensive to me than you sharing your freaking fantasy football scores mm. every single mm. week yeah Right? Are you talking to me right now? Yeah, I'm talking to Denny. Straight, straightforward. <laughs> I, I I posted so Denny, I lost in a league this week by point zero two. Oh, I saw that. That's I not even. That. That's not. It's not point one. It's not point two. It's not point one. It's point zero two. God, that's less than a yard rushing or receiving. I lost by that, and so that I, stings. So I tweeted it. I tweeted it, and this is nothing. Against, look, the thing that I love about fantasy football is that everyone feels very invited, right? And so, like, there's this giant community of back and forth. So when I tweet something, like, I tweeted the score of this game, right, last mm-hmm. night. And I was like, boy, does this feel not great or something like that. Mm-hmm. And someone, like, people were responding with screenshots of their games. And, like, someone someone lost by, like, five. And they're like, yeah, I feel you. It's like, no, you don't at all. Five? Five is a blowout compared to point zero two. Yeah, right, right. Like, like people just want to be, like, involved. And, and I love that part of fantasy football. Don't get me wrong. It's just funny that, like, you know, that people are, are thinking that, like, the, the, the pain of losing by a full yeah. touchdown is just as bad as losing by point zero two. Right. You wouldn't believe this. I lost by 14 in one league. <laughs> yeah. I was I was two touchdowns and some yards away from winning it all. Yeah. And, th- and then people re- will respond and be like, all I needed was a 70 yard touchdown from Will Fuller and I would have won. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next question is from at we love Jackso. Had this discussion with some friends and was shocked at the results. OK, so we talked about this on the pod before. But after going to the bathroom, do you stand or sit to wipe? Oh, uh, I, I sit. Yeah, we but sit because we're not psychopaths. I did. I I didn't know. I didn't know you, the standing was a thing. Right. We talked about this last year, didn't we? Yeah. Isn't this part of part of what spawned this being a poop podcast? Right. I mean, you know, I feel like we should have like a compilation of of poop takes now. Yeah. And, and maybe we can just send that out and have people yeah. say say don't ask about these topics because we've already covered it. Yeah. Exactly. If we could, if if someone, if a listener wants to put together a compilation, I'll throw you like ten bucks or something. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You, all you have to do is go through hours and hours of audio. Right. Yeah. So t- ten bucks. Uh. You know, maybe maybe a whole month's worth of Patreon. We we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Next question at Vi Jolex. What's worse of the three? Holiday Hallmark movies watching 2 a.m. infomercials on TV or having to go to a gathering that you don't want to go to? These are three strange uh, options, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, to me, the obvious answer is, is going to a gathering that you don't want to go to. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the the Hallmark holiday movies can be very fun. They're fine. 
you know, I mean, they, they enjoyable to sit with, uh, you know, during, during red wine season and, um, and drink and, and, and have a good time with those movies. What was the other one besides the, uh, watching 2am infomercials on TV. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I don't like the idea of being up at two a.m. First of all, because I know I, I got to get up with the kids. So sure. Uh, the, but infomercials are are I guess they're a thing, but it's not the '90s where you would be like forced into watching that. If you have your TV on, you can literally watch any show or or movie ever made, you know, right. because of the streaming services. So I don't get the <laughs> I don't get the was this was this uh. Uh, tweet sent in 1992 yeah maybe maybe and like here's the bottom line with this question too is that when you're watching something on television you don't have to be super active you can be on your phone you can be doing some other stuff maybe doing like like my kitchen is right next to my living room so i can do the dishes and stuff but when you have to actually put yourself together and Mm -hmm. wear wear pants that have buttons on them right and and go to a gathering that you don't want to go to that's that's the absolute worst it is. It is, uh, especially if it's uh, like a kid's birthday party. Yeah, right. You know? Where you don't know the parents and stuff. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, right, right. Where your kid knows the kid, but you don't know anybody there. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Next question is from at fifty three is the mic one. My roommate has been playing Christmas music since before Halloween around oh, the apartment. I tried to explain to him that it's too early to play this shit. It's a, it's for oh, the for the kids. The, the kids. The that the, oh, sorry the sounds of all I want for Christmas continue to deck the halls. Is this low T or a high T power move by him? What do you think? So well, it's probably a, I would say that's probably more well technically it's probably low T. I mean, if you're listening to Christmas music that early, but it's a high T. Like I, I I don't really know if I don't know if T I don't know if we should be talking about yeah. T in relation to this question. Well, I mean, if you are like a Christmas warrior, you know, like someone who like gets mad at Starbucks that their their uh, cups don't feature the Mother Mary, you know, Uh, if you're that kind of person and you're playing Christmas music in October and you're like, you don't like it, suck it, then that's high tea. Exactly. Exactly. But if it's just because you just really like some Christmas music and you and you and you cannot stand to wait until November, uh, that's probably more on the, the low side yeah so the other thing too that i wanted to bring up and ask you denny so i'm very much a follower of no christmas music until after thanksgiving oh yes and Th- thank you thank you for yeah that. always been that way but the problem is and and my my wife and i amanda and i were having this discussion maybe yesterday or two days ago but i think that we might do christmas a little bit earlier this year because of the circumstance right mm-hmm. because of the coronavirus, the the pandemic that's going on, and then it brings you joy, right? the The Christmas yeah, season sure. brings you joy. So I think that I might break that habit, not habit. I might break that rule this season, this year, um, because of the circumstance. Do you think that that's okay? I, I I'm going to allow it, you know, because of the extenuating circumstances. I will not give you a hard time, okay, for for that. Um. I started listening to Halloween music a little early this year, so you know I will I will admit to that. Uh, but you know, Christmas overall is going to suck. Yeah. You know, with 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 not being able to do our normal kind of things uh, with family, and if if you do, you know, it's you know good luck to you and yours. Uh, but yeah, so I think I think if there's any year to start listening to Christmas music early, it may be th- this year, 2020. Uh, but 
the thing with Christmas music is that I like a lot of Christmas music, but I get sick of it if I listen to too much. It's just like anything else, right? Just yeah. like so, so I, I try to make sure that I don't get sick of it by limiting the the number of weeks that I listen to it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next question is from at FF Tyler O. For those rostering Kittle, what tight end would you try to acquire that could have value beyond weekly streaming? So I can answer this one because I have one that I think is is worthwhile. Uh, Dallas Goddard. He's coming off a game where he didn't perform very well. The whole offense didn't really do much. Um, but his peripherals were there. They have a bye this week, so he's probably easier to acquire. And they have yeah. a really favorable schedule rest of season. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with Dallas Goddard. I think that he can be a, a fringe, maybe maybe a top six tight end rest of season once he comes back, like once the Eagles are back next week. Right, and it doesn't even depend on Ertz being in or out. Right. Yeah, really? I mean, he was, he was awesome at the beginning. Uh, Goddard was awesome at the beginning of the season. Right. I mean, Ertz, Ertz is the king of dust. So, Next question. At Avocado Y2K. Is Cincinnati chili the highest tea meal on the market? <laughs> Have you had Cincinnati chili before? Uh, so my coworker one time 10 or 12 years ago got me a, 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 a can of it. Does it come in a can? Well, I mean, there's there's different places to go in Cincinnati. There's like a there's Skyline chili that everyone knows. Um, there's also Gold Star chili. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both like, cha- they're, they're just fast food chains basically, but, okay. but it's, it's, did you, so you might, you can, yeah. they sell them in cans, I believe. Yes. Right. It, uh, and it's just, it's just like a ton of different meats. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's basically like a, like a meat sauce is the, is the okay. actual chili, but you put it on noodles. And then on top of that, you put the, so it's almost like a spaghetti, like a, a thick meat sauce almost. Oh, okay. And okay. then on top of that, you dump just piles and piles of cheese mm. and okay. and there's like onions in there and stuff too so you can get like different i only know this because i lived in cincinnati for four years but it's 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 literally diarrhea on a plate <laughs> well that sounds great i me. i have no idea how people eat that stuff consistently like maybe if you're you had a couple and you just need sure. some you need need some food and you just walk down to the skyline and you just crush some chili i can mm-hmm, understand mm-hmm. that there are people that are like oh no we're gonna go get skyline chili every friday it's like mm-hmm. what, what what is your butthole made out of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> sorry to the kids yeah, that was a, um, that was a little much but yeah i mean it, it, it does it does sound like you should probably eat it while sitting on the toilet just in case it's just it's not that tasty either um like it's fine. I know that people from Cincinnati are absolutely going to destroy oh, me. They this. are furious. They they take so much pride in that shit. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I I get it. Like I'm a I'm from Pittsburgh. I I like Permani Brothers, and people go get Permanis, and they're like, this is an, an atrocity. Like this is just <laughs> terrible. But I I I think Permani Brothers is amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's just a Homer thing for you. I I've had that. Permani Brothers. And, it's like a, it's a nostalgia thing for sure. But oh, I yeah. but I also I mean I I do think that it tastes amazingly good. What there was a, a wedding that I went to, and I was like probably like twenty three. Uh, I was one of my one of my best buddies got married, and he was the first one of our group. So we went we 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 were not sober. Okay, <laughs> not I, entirely sober. After the wedding, we went to Permani's because we had a hotel pretty close to one, and oh, I downed two and a half Permani Brothers sandwiches. What I, I I speaking of buttholes, 
Uh, <laughs> gee, we're, we're we're going back to that, huh? Um, well, that that sounds that sounds first of all amazing. Oh man, that 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 you would that you'd be able to eat that. But you know the the nostalgia thing it makes sense to me because obviously growing up in Maryland, uh, I have a, a thing for crabs, right. right? So if anyone said anything negative about crabs, I would immediately take a crab mallet and hit you right in the face with yeah, it. Yeah, that's, so that's right. I, I I get it. I take French fries and hit people in the face with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question at Rye Jack's back. Rock, paper, or scissors? What do the analytics say? You know, I was thinking about Googling that. Um, I just didn't have the time. But I wonder I wonder what see, I always go paper first because I always I always think that people go rock because it's like a, a super solid, confident type move. Well, it's also easier because your hand is already in that position. Yeah, I just I think that people probably I, w- I would be you know I bet that you know it's a thirty three thirty three thirty three percent chance for each one. I bet rock is closer to like thirty six percent. I mean, I would I would definitely read something on the analytics of rock paper scissors, but yeah, I I, I tend if I had to start with with something, I probably would go paper because it seems like the contrary move. Yeah, I go with paper all the time, and I yeah. wonder I wonder. Yeah, I mean, there has to be rock, paper, scissors strategy. Well, there, yeah, there's like a big contest. I think people like win a lot of money doing it somehow. Yeah. I might just go and just only do paper. Just really mess I, with I'm, people's minds. I'm this close to retiring from fantasy football and just doing uh, rock, paper, scissors analytics. Right <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> Next question at the fantasy MDs. Tell us the very first time you two met each other and what was your first impressions JJ, did you wish you had cool hair like Denny at first sight? Yeah, of course. Oh, everyone, I mean, every, wait, everyone no, wants Denny's hair. But look, guys, but look. JJ has gray hair. What's people, what? people like to to to. I understand that I have a co-host with great hair, but that doesn't make me have bad hair. No, exactly. I, you, it's we can both have okay hair. I'm you. You have you have a great head of hair. I've told you, you this. I've told the people this. Uh, every time you do your hair, put some product in it and go on TV or do, do, do the streams or whatever, you look great, okay? Thank so you. so there, I, I've, I've always wondered about that, about uh, why people would say, and, and this has happened, like, like are, are, are you jealous, JJ? Are you jealous? Honestly, I'm jealous of the thickness of your hair. <laughs> your, your, your hair is off the charts thick. My hair is very fine, okay? I and do I, have and it always hair, has yeah. been. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I have thick. Remember the one person who commented on Twitter and said that I had a receding hairline. Oh my! You have the opposite of a receding. You might, you might need to get a trim back a little <laughs> bit. Actually, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, Denny. So you don't have that. The other thing too, Denny, you've been through my journey of going from not caring about my hair when I was like in my mid twenties, to to then like having to do more video and caring about because like realizing that I could do this as a career. And yeah. like having to care about what I look a little bit more to, to now I get my, you know, I, I trim it up more and I, I do my hair more. Um, so you've seen the transformation happen. Yes. And, and, uh, when you like, okay, for your wedding, when you got a cut for your wedding, yeah, it looked, it looked amazing. Thank I thought, you. I thought that that little faux, you had like a little faux hawk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like crazy or anything it, it but it was just like kind of bunched a little bit bunched together yeah, i usually do that generally yeah with my hair and, it, and i think i think that's a that's a great look and uh, i will defend your hair till the last but yeah the, the first time that we met uh was in vegas at fsta mm-hmm. or fsga but or no now it's ga but it was ta right. back then um and i i think i i saw you from afar because you were with rich rebar mm-hmm. yeah. i saw you from afar i was like nine bud lights deep 
<laughs> That's right. And then we just embraced. That's right. We we did. And I was I was surprised at how tall you were. A lot of people say that. Yeah, I I mean I felt short. I mean, first of all, I'm I'm standing next to Rich, who's four inches taller than me. You're like three inches taller than me. Evan Silva is two and a half feet taller yeah, than he's me. He's a big guy. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So I'm the smallest guy in the entire fantasy industry. This is this is what's happening. But yeah, that's that was my my reaction. But I mean, other than that, it just was like talking to you like like we had done, you know, over Skype a million times. Yeah, I think people would be shocked when they uh, experience that because in our world, we talk to people online all the time, right on, on Twitter and stuff. And I've now met, you know, the majority of, or, or not the majority, but a lot of fantasy analysts in the industry uh, at at these conferences. Um, so I, I know them IRL, and it makes it even easier to to talk and communicate with them online, even. But mm-hmm. but like when you go and meet them for the first time, th- their persona is almost entirely the exact same as what you would expect <laughs> from from Twitter and stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like a, a pressure to uh, be like my Twitter self, which is not really, you know, like me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, w- I, I would say this. Sorry to interrupt, but I would say yeah. this. I think that you were more animated in real life than I expected. <laughs> it may have been the booze. But yeah, no, but I, I think that I, you know, because you you yourself so self-deprecating all the time on on Twitter and whatnot. And I think that that comes with sort of like a sort of like a monotone type yeah. like nature, you know, like just like this. I didn't expect you to be like, Hey, cause yeah. we talk all the time, but you were just, you were more animated a little bit more than I expected whenever I first met you. That makes sense. I think I, th- I don't think that you're the only person who, who would say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but I, I did feel like some pressure. I remember not, not just with you, but like with, with everybody there, you know, it was Josh Moore, John Paulson, Silva, uh, Al Smizzle, like all these guys who I, I had known and uh, was finally meeting for the first time, I felt like I needed to be my Twitter self for for a little bit, and then I uh, realized that I could just be myself, which was <laughs> which was much much more comfortable, and uh, it was it was a great time, man. Yeah, I I love I love that that trip. Yeah, so we hung out a couple times, couple nights there, and then uh, we also hung out when I went to D.C. for a, a Penn's Caps. Uh, playoff game yeah. and visited because I, I I still have a lot of friends from high school that live in DC but I had even more then so I wanted to visit them and so Amanda and I did like the typical DC touristy stuff during the day and then we went to the game and then Denny met us at a bar that was very close to to the arena that night. That's right. I listen. I ventured out. You did. I left you my did. house. I left my house at like nine thirty. Do you understand how late that? I know. Is? I know. Well, this is also this was also probably like what four years ago at this point and so like. Yeah. So like I was kidless. You were, you were. Yeah. And like, it was, it was a lot easier for us to just be like, yeah, we're drinking until three in the morning. No big deal. That's right. Yeah. You, you, you guys were ready to go. I left at nine 30. Melissa was like, are you seriously leaving? I mean, yeah. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't mad. She was just like shocked that I was going to do it. I said, look, JJ's in town. I gotta go. Man. I have to, <laughs> I, I cannot miss JJ. And so I, I took the Metro uh, down to the, the stadium and found you amid the many many penguins fans yes. who, who were at the the caps game and then we went to that bar and then i i talked mostly with amanda about kids for <laughs> for, for the yeah, next and then, yeah, and then we had one half. yeah that's right um well it's funny though too because you probably were around my age now then yes that's right yeah. maybe even a little bit younger but and so thinking about that now i'm like you know what thanks denny 
What do you mean? Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm thinking that that had to have been such a pain in the ass. Oh, no. And you did it. Thank you. No, it, it was fine. Look, we only had, we had one kid, first of all. It, it, it's a whole different ball game, one kid compared to two. So it, it was, uh, it, it was my pleasure and I was determined to go. It was just that it, that's so far outside of our normal routine. Like yeah. me and Melissa, even when me and Melissa were, were childless, not, not married, uh, leaving the house past like, like going out after like nine or 10 o'clock was unheard of. We, we did it a couple of times and we absolutely hated it. Yeah. It was a fun time though. It was, I had a, I had a great time. Um, this, this, so this, the last question here is sort of a, a twofer. So Eric Belair <clears throat> at Eric Belair says no question, but I'll give JJ five bucks if he can say this one handles Twitter name correctly on the first try. Okay. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. Here's the try. Swervin Shervin. Hey, five bucks, five bucks. Uh, I'll, I'll send you my Venmo. Uh, but, but <laughs> Swervin Shervin asked us also, this is going to be the last question for the pod. Would you rather have spent your whole life as a Chargers fan or a Vikings fan? Oh, that that's, that's rough. I mean, you could probably throw the Falcons in here too. I mean, I was going to say Chargers. I think the Vikings brand of heartache is too much to endure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, that's that's my... By the way, my dad, who, as I told you, believes that the Chargers have been in, in bed with the mob for for 50 years. He's been, you know, uh, as, as a better, he's, he's come to this conclusion. He was destroyed this week by that Denver comeback against the Chargers. And he said, I told you... <laughs> <laughs> you, do you see? He said, son, do you see what I'm talking about? He, he had some sort of parlay going, right? Mm-hmm. And it, everything everything turned up just right in the in the early games. And then that Denver-LA game came, and, and the Chargers are up, I think, 21 in the third quarter. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And I, and he said, he said I'm, I'm, I'm looking good. I said, Dad, I just want to tell you, Anthony Lynn is is the biggest choker coach in the league. Yeah. He, he's he's going to figure out how to lose it. And he did, and he was – devastated but to answer the question i think i'd have to just say i do not want to be a vikings fan yeah i, I think you're right i think you're probably right they did have that that amazing stefan Diggs play though recently oh that would have been a, uh, yeah if you're a fan that, that that'll stick with you forever yeah but yeah i think that you're probably right uh, but denny that's the last question all right uh, just so you guys know, we had more technical difficulties on this yeah. show but hopefully i'll be able to stitch it together <laughs> and not make it sound awful We've we've called each other eleven times over the past ninety minutes. It might be might be twelve at this point. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter. Uh, I write the weekly kicker column on Patreon. We update the streamers throughout the week on Patreon, and I think that that's going to be especially critical this week with some. Uh, injuries including the Jordan Reed situation. So if you want to sign up, you can sign up for. Uh, as little as $1 per month to become a Living the Stream patron. That's one of my favorite novels, the Jordan Reed situation. <laughs> it's a, it's a not, good good crime novel if anyone's interested. Loved it. Uh, I'm on Twitter at LateRoundQB. You can find all my work over on NumberFire.com and then my podcast, the Late Round Podcast, which can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, you have a tilt montage this week, yes? Oh, yes. All right, guys. Thanks for... Li- okay. Okay, I'm I'm bad right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. It's uh, 5.15 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone in the galaxy, the Eastern time zone.
I I reject uh, narrative based fantasy decisions, and I and I still do. But I, I have to admit uh, to a moment of weakness this week when I decided to plug in Le'Veon Bell into several of my DFS lineups. Now, you know, I, I didn't have uh, massive exposure or anything, but I, I had enough, okay? I had enough so that his week eight dud stings a little bit. I was under the impression, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I, I only work for Roto World. So, so what, what do I know really about NFL news? Uh, I was under the impression that uh, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Kansas City Chiefs because they had an upcoming game against the Jets. He was considering three teams, I believe, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs, because those teams had upcoming games against his nemesis, Adam Gase and the Jets, right? And so I figured this game's going to be a blowout, and it was. This this KC Jets game is going to be, you know, it's just going to be a bloodbath. It truly was. I thought in that that case, I'm thinking uh, they're going to run it. They're going to run it a lot. They're going to have a chance to run it a lot. They're going to have a chance to let Le'Veon get back at the franchise that Effective, effectively wasted two years of his uh, career of the you know of the very end of his really career as a running back. Um, <clears throat> man, DK Metcalf is just incredible. Remember when when people uh, I just saw him catch a long pass down the sideline here against the Niners when uh, people downgraded him because of uh, stiff hips. Yeah. I I remember. Anyway, um, uh, getting back to the bell. So so I so I caved and I said I said it makes sense. And now JJ actually laid out a a, a statistical and a process oriented reason for playing Le'Veon Bell against the Jets. It had to do with snap count. Had to do with uh, share of of rushes in his first game as a Chief, and that made me feel so good about plugging Ken Bell because I thought we have the revenge narrative. We have JJ making an actual good point doing the work that I was too lazy to do in this case. And Le'Veon Bell gets six rushing attempts for seven yards. Six, six rushes. I'll repeat that six rushes for seven yards. So it didn't, it didn't work out as I, as I had suspected uh, and I am going to never forgive myself for turning into narrative fucking idiot guy for one week. Sorry to the kids. I'm tilting. It's uh, 5.51 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. I am truly sick and tired of announcers cutting Drew Brees slack. And if you if you don't like Drew Brees like like myself, then you know what I'm talking about. Okay? And this has been happening for for years now. Okay? This is not a new thing from 2020. This is you know, probably two or three 
years since he's been complete dust, okay? Um, and, and by the way, uh, the Saints would probably be the best team in the league with Jameis Winston under center, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh, Breeze missed Jared Cook right before he hit Jared Cook in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, but he missed him by a good margin. So Cook actually was wide open in the end zone. He tried to like bend himself backwards into a defender just to get a hand on the ball because Drew Brees threw it uh, approximately four feet behind Jared Cook. It was uh, it was uh, just a bad throw. Uh, some might call it a, a, a horrific throw. Okay, it's the, it's the kind of throw that if it comes from say like Ben DiNucci on Sunday night, the announcers are going, well, yeah, that's what happens." You know, you start a, a third stringer, and and he that's the kind of throw he makes, right? You know, four feet behind, four feet behind a wide open tight end in the end zone, inexcusable, terrible throw. Not not even a, a pro level type of throw. But it happens with, with Breeze here missing Jared Cook. And Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are going, uh, it's tough to tell if that was a bad throw or not. Uh, they, they look at three replays, okay? We get not one, not two. We get three replays of the bad throw. And Aikman is still hemming and hawing and trying like hell uh, to make an excuse for, for Drew Brees, right? He's, uh, 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 did Jared Cook fall? Did Jared Cook lose his footing? You know, the grass is wet and it's not very stable and people are slipping everywhere on the field. Maybe Cook lost his foot. No, he lost his footing because he made a an heroic effort to try just to get one finger on the ball because it was such a bad throw. He didn't fall. You can see that. You can see it was just a bad pass from a dusty-ass quarterback. And yet you are still saying it's hard to tell. He, no, I'm not even, that's not made up. Troy Hickman actually said, it's hard to tell. It's it's hard to tell. Is it hard to tell, or was it clearly just a, a a truly awful pass? You can say that. I mean that that is you know protected under the Constitution. You can say that. You you know Trey Aikman is not going to go to prison. I don't think for saying that. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.